Welcome to 216 and a link to the past randomizer podcast. I am your host, Fear Agent. Today on the show, we've got Chex Human. Chex and I have both been a part of the community for quite some time, and yet we've had very limited interaction. We've done a couple races here or there. You know, he was racing a lot of modes that I was afraid and still am afraid to race a bit. And our circle of friends was maybe a little bit different, so we just never had a lot of interaction. But I asked him to come on the show, and he agreed, and I'm so glad that he did, because we had such a fun, uh, interesting conversation. Like, I had a really good time talking with Chex, and I think that will come through in the interview, so excited for you to hear that. Uh, lots of different stuff going on in the community. Tournaments are happening, league is coming up, people are playing rando, there's no council, and yet things continue. Uh, speaking of no council, Tark is in the middle of finding its admins. It put out applications for people that wanted to apply for admin. We got the list. I think it's close to 40 people. And coming up later this week, I think there's going to be a vote. And the community gets to choose who the five people are that are going to shape what Tark becomes. That's the thing. We don't know what Tark is. Is it Council 2.0? Is it something different? The one thing that I'm seeing is that everyone has a different opinion on what they think Tark should be. It's going to be really interesting to see who the community votes in and shapes what Tark looks like. A lot of really solid options for admin. I did apply. I feel like I could use this platform to like state my case as to why you should vote for me. Not going to do that. Instead, what I've done is I've opened up the opportunity for all admin applicants to come on to 216. I've asked them all the same three questions giving them a chance to voice why they think you should vote for them, what their vision for Tark is, and how they can make it practical. So I have a bonus episode coming out Tuesday. If you're listening to this as the show drops on Monday, come back again tomorrow for the bonus episode. And I put out the call to the admin applicants. I got about half to come on the show. I think it's really good. I really just wanted to give a voice to the people that are less well-known in the community, maybe have been racing for a while or are in a different uh, language community, people that haven't necessarily had a chance to make a name in the rando community yet or have kind of remained on the sidelines for whatever reason, and they decided to apply. I feel like they needed a shot. And you could go through the forums over on Tark and read through all of the dissertations, many, many pages of text answering some of the community's questions. And if you do that and it's able to help you make a more informed decision on who you think should be running this thing, uh, more power to you. I'm, I'm glad that would work, but I wanted to use the podcast as a way to get some of those voices out. So look for that tomorrow. I'll quickly say what I think uh, my role as an admin would be is I think everything could be a little bit more simplified. We don't need bylaws. We don't need any of that stuff. We need Tark to be a place where a new runner can come, maybe have a couple channels where it says like new to racing, start here, has a link to the rules, has a link to the glitches, you know, just like a place for someone to start. It should be a place where we have a competitive rule set and it should be a place where we have a team of people set to investigate cheating. Those three things are really what in my opinion, Tark should be. I think the racing rule set as it is right now, save for Specky Clip, should remain the same. I think the community as a whole should vote on Specky Clip and do that going forward. Keep the rules as they are, and then as new glitches come, have a community vote. That's what I would do. Of course, I'd be a part of a group, so it's not just what I want. It's what the group wants, and how do we let the community be a part of it? 
The community is great as it is. Like there's so many different sub communities. You could go hang out with Brave and Zen. You could go hang out in 40 Bonks. You can hang out with the people on the ladder. I know uh, AFG has got a group of people. There's lots of like mini groups and it's honestly pretty easy to find really friendly people to introduce new runners to, to the community. I don't think Tark needs to be that. I think Tark should be focused on racing competitively. I hear the word casual a lot. And in my mind, when I think of casual, you could do whatever you want. Let me compare it to Magic the Gathering. Like I haven't played Magic the Gathering in a while, but Magic the Gathering has a rule set and a bunch of cards that are banned for each of their sets. If you want to play a standard, there's probably some cards that are banned. If you want to play modern, there's probably a couple of cards that are banned. And that's just for the health of the game. Now, I need to know what the rules are and which cards are banned. But if I want to play casually and I want to play some kitchen table magic and me and my friend just want to play whatever cards we have, of course we could do that. So that's what I think of when I think of casual racing. If, if you're racing casually, do whatever you want. But competitive needs to have a rule set that everyone can see. Now, tournaments can do whatever they want. Of course they can do whatever they want. And I've always heard like... These are the rules and tournaments can change the rules however they want. Since the council was formed, I can't think of any tournaments that have deviated their rule set from what the racing community and the racing council decided. The first time that it's happened that I can think of, and I might be wrong, is the Cavs Boots tournament this year. And you could say it's within their right. I 100% agree. It's within their right to do that. I think there's a reason why it hasn't happened, though. I think keeping everything simple is so much easier for racers. Can I do Specky Clip? Well, if you're on the ladder, you can. If you're running in the Cross Keys tournament, you can't. If you're running in the 80s Keys tournament, you can't. But if you're running the Casual Boots tournament, you can. It just creates confusion. It's unneeded confusion. So I think part of the Tark admins is getting the ladder back on, on the side, getting Dunka back into Tark, getting the tournament admins together, and trying to uniform the racing rule set. For the betterment of the community, not because they can't do it, because it makes it easier for the community. And then if you want to do casually, do whatever you want. Like casual, by definition, is do whatever you want. So there it is. I talked way more about it than, than I was planning on doing it. Vote for me. Don't vote for me. I want to help. I believe I can help. But if you don't vote for me, it's fine. There's plenty of other qualified people that can help steer this ship. And I think, uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be a glass half full person on this one. I'm going to hope that the right people get elected and that Tark is set in motion going the right direction. Make sure you listen to that episode tomorrow, though, and, and just give those people that you might not know a shot. Listen to what they have to say. And if they hit a mark that agrees with you, then then get, cast a vote for them. Uh, if you follow my channel at all, you'll see that I've streamed a couple of times. I did the daily it was the new all dungeons mode that the league is running, AAD keys. I was on the restream for the SG Daily. I won that race. That felt pretty good. And then I've been doing some of those champions hunt asyncs, and that's been kind of fun. I'm a little mixed on the mode. I don't know how good it's going to be competitively, but I'm down for its inclusion in the league this season. I think it should be fun. We'll see. We'll see. Like, you got to experiment and try new stuff, and that's what they did. And we'll see if it works out. Fingers crossed that it did. I'm not back racing all the time. I'm not racing ladder. I'm not joining a ton of races. I'll do a couple here and there, uh, but I can't go back full-time competitive. But I have been playing with those league modes for no particular reason. Let's uh, 
let's get to the interview. Uh, talked with Chex, awesome dude. Really had a great conversation. Enjoyable to talk to. And Chex is just a good guy. And, uh, you know, it's easy to be drawn to the good guys. So let's get to it. Here's Chex Human. All right, Chex. Thank you so much for doing the show. I, um, I I know you've been a part of the community for, for longer than I have. And, you know, I've seen you around. And I know that I know you as someone that's, one, really good at the game. And, two, willing to play lots of. And maybe willing to play is not the right word. Maybe enjoy playing lots of uh, a variety of modes, including uh, glitch modes and stuff. And as someone who's been a part of the community for as long as both of us have, we don't have a lot of crossover. I don't feel like we've had a lot of interaction. So I'm super, super excited to get to know you, really. Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, you've been playing Link to the Past Randomizer since when? 2017? Have you been here from the beginning? That is correct. 2017, not really from the beginning. Um, I have been here since spring of 2017. So I watched okay. the spring 2017 tournament. Mm-hmm. Were you speed running before you got into randomizer? I was not. I oh, got into okay. speed running after I started playing a link to the past randomizer, of course. Okay. And uh, yeah, because you, you what? You have a pretty good time in NMG. Am I am I wrong about that? I, th- I think you do. I mean, I've seen it's, you run vanilla games. It's a 125. Yeah, that's and, uh, really good. Yeah. And I got into the speed run a, a little while after I started. Um, there was a 2018 NMG tournament coming up. And I had not done many runs. Uh, but I was curious how I would stack up. Mm-hmm. Um and I felt that speedrunning wasn't really for me. Uh, I was more into the novelty of randomizer seeds. Right. Um, instead of the repetitiveness of speedrunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something about it hooked me. And um, yeah, it, it hooked me in spite of my thinking that it would be too repetitive, too serious. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Um... If you get a 125, you've definitely spent time learning rooms and practicing rooms and and doing the things to get to a 125. Yes. Um, Some speedrunners really uh, crave that practice and Mm -hmm. room grind. That's not me. I'm more about doing full runs. Oh, okay. um, And kind of like modifying my movement on each run or on each seed. Mm Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. That makes I sense. do like practice, though. Oh, you do? Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. In other words, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. Okay. Well, let's start. Let's go back even further. Were you playing games as a kid? Did, were, you a, were you a quote yeah. unquote gamer? Yeah, that's right. I was basically a Nintendo fanboy and playing Super Mario Brothers from age five or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so you started with an, with the, with an S? Yeah, I also borrowed uh, an Atari from my cousin. Oh, yeah. Um, and I would watch my cousin play Atari and Nintendo games a lot and just mm-hmm. enjoyed that a lot um, and eventually got my own. The 2600? I have to assume so, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> sure. I feel like it, as a kid, I knew that Atari was a thing, but it wasn't like we were talking about as kids, at least for me. Uh, we're we're talking about which version it was. It was just like, oh, you have an Atari or even like Nintendo. Oh, you have a Nintendo, right? Like 
It wasn't yeah, until exactly. later. It wasn't until later when you kind of figured it out. So, uh, you're, you're, how old are you when you're playing the NES and, and watching the Atari? Is it like six so, or seven? So, definitely around age five, okay. and six, seven, of course. Sure. <laughs> Let's uh, say every number after sure. that. Uh, eight and then nine. Okay. Uh, what were you, do you remember the games that you were playing? Was there, or is it just sort of like those kind of yes. vague memories of, of I played video games and, and oh, Nintendo? Absolutely. I had, uh, probably let's say I had exactly, uh, Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo. Yeah, of course. Super Mario Brothers 3, Mega Man 3, and Mega Man 4. I think those oh. were the four games that I had. That's Eventually, a good collection. I got, yeah. Eventually, I got The Legend of Zelda when it was more of a like a $20 promotional mm, level sure. or $40. Yeah. Um, this was after I had already played A Link to the Past. Oh, so you got it way late. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mega Man 3 and 4, so you skipped over to 1 and 2 then. Because I feel yeah, like my two's... cousin had Mega Man 2, and I, I thought that was great. But I, yeah. I didn't have that in my collection. <laughs> sure. That's crazy that you remember the, the exact four games that you had. Um, so did you stick with Nintendo as, as things went on? Did you get a Super Nintendo or did you kind of move on yeah. to other systems? Definitely. Uh, Super Nintendo um, was what I went with. A friend had Genesis and, you know, playing Sonic the Hedgehog was very fun. But I stuck with Super Nintendo. At some point, I got a, a Nintendo Power subscription. So, mm. uh, you know, the you know the marketing just drove me, of course. One hundred percent. It's so funny. I don't feel like I've really talked with anyone about Nintendo Power. But as kids, Nintendo Power was everything. Like I remember, like at lunchtime, my friend bringing like his Nintendo Ma- Power magazine that he got in the mail, and we'd like pour over it, and just like it just had its hooks so deep in us. Yeah, definitely. All the different sections, counselor's corner, letters. Oh, yes, the counselor's corner. Yeah. And art. I mean, I was always into art, so I always loved to see like the fan art that would come in that they would post. Right, right. I submitted I submitted Play-Doh sculptures. Oh, really? The Super Mario RPG <laughs> characters, I believe. That's and it awesome. Was, it, these were very sketchy characters. <laughs> My I was I was not going with the right materials here. I was sure. way past the age I should be using Play-Doh. <laughs> That's awesome. It never saw print though, huh? No, no, no. Mm. And I'm glad. Yeah, for sure. Uh so what were what on the Super Nintendo what were you playing? Was Link to the Past one of your one of your favorites or Yes. Um I was stunned by the graphics, first of all. Oh yeah. I remember being it I remember it being an aesthetic experience, like hearing the symbols clashing in mm. the music. It felt so um, you know, orchestral. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um so a friend introduced me to that. Um what I I think when the Super Nintendo came into my life, I was all about Super Mario World. Oh yeah. Um, and that was the game I wanted. Um, so I remember receiving two games for Christmas, that and Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. For some reason, um, my copy of SMW was just not working, so it had to be returned. Oh. Um, so my first game I played was Roadrunner, and that is a really challenging game. Is it? <laughs> but but uh, do you play it, as Roadrunner or do yes. you play as a Cody? Okay. 
So you're just trying to dodge the coyote the entire time? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. exactly. You, that sounds you, fun. You find birdseed around the, tr- the levels and, and peck at it to get boost power. Or I don't know how you get boost power, but <laughs> sure. it's, it's pretty wild. And it's really pretty fast, um, uh-huh. but it's a little hard to control as well. Have you played so, it recently? Not really recently, oh, okay. but I remember it, it being um, pretty hard to avoid damage. Yeah. And you just oh, constantly man. slam into the coyote and all of his different costumes. Sure. I feel like there was a, like a, a bunch of like Looney Tunes and like cartoon video games on both the NES and the SNES that are actually mm-hmm. pretty good, like, like decently uh, playable games from from what I can remember. The Tasmanian Devil for some reason really sticks out, but uh, I think that might have been Genesis. I can't remember. Sounds familiar. I didn't play too many different games, mm-hmm. really. Um, mostly stuck to the games I had. And I'd also rent games from the yeah. video store as well. Oh, yeah. That was definitely a thing that happened uh, when we were younger, for sure. Uh, so what was your... Do you remember? Did you have a small library like you did for the NES? Or... This was a was large it? library, about mm-hmm. 20 games. Okay. So, like, the full Donkey Kong Country series. Um, Mario Paint and Super Mario Kart were games I really uh, wanted at the beginning and had those for a long time. Gosh, those are so... Just so classics, right? Yeah. Uh, any Super Metroid? No Super Metroids for some reason. I don't really know why exactly. I know a, I know a friend had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't get into it till adulthood. Oh, okay. Gosh, so many good memories from those old, some of those old SNES games. Do you have any, besides the Roadrunner, do you have any other like secret hints uh, or games that were maybe not the most popular that you really enjoyed playing back then? Uniracers. Uniracers. Do you know what this even, is? I've never heard of it. No. This was a game released after Donkey Kong Country. So mm-hmm. it had sort of that same style of advanced computer modeling uh, where <laughs> the sprites were based on 3D rendered graphics mm-hmm. and you are a unicycle. You, okay. And you, the unicycle has sort of like kind of a, a, the flexibility to have kind of human-like expressions, even though it's just a <laughs> wheel <laughs> and a staff <laughs> and a seat. Okay. Yeah. So all you do is you race another unicycle and uh, you do tricks in midair to gain speed. Okay. And uh, it's it's pretty basic, but it has this like (laughs) rock and soundtrack of like it kind of sounds like hair metal songs or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's it's pretty fun. I'm I'm looking at it. So it's like a combination of a, a side scrolling racing game. With yes. a little bit of platforming then? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Wow, I've never heard of this. I'm looking at a, a video of it right now. The graphics are pretty cool for, for a SNES game, for sure. Yeah, it's just repetitive um, yep. in, in the simplicity of the graphics and the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, the, the tracks are pretty wild. There's platforming. You have to jump. Um, and they're, they're color-coded. Um, so you... So the, so you know that like if you see yellow and and blue alternating, it means maybe jump and you'll take a shortcut. Okay. Um, stuff like that. 
it, um, it, it's it, weird how simple the graphics are. Additionally, well, that, it it has a, a very long instruction booklet really? that's full of <laughs> like just tangents and uh, just jokes. Okay, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it is super bizarre because like the tracks are just like poles, almost like barber barber poles turned sideways that are stretched out. Like yeah. you said, with different colors and then just a weird checkerboard background that's like blurring out of focus. And then yeah, again, yeah. it's super weird, but it's interesting. Wow. Yeah, Barbara Poles is a good way to describe it. What you're racing on looks like long tube. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. And it, it's and it literally is just going on. It almost feels like forever. That's cool. Wow, I've never even heard of that. Um Okay, so did you stick with Nintendo, and did you were you more of a uh, Mario fanboy or Zelda, or was it just sort of like I love Nintendo stuff? Yeah, I would say both Mario, Zelda. Um, always you look forward like, to the next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just things like that caught my eye. Sure, um, yeah. Earthbound really caught my eye. Mm, um, okay, and back to Nintendo Power, it was you know Earthbound was promoted with scratch and sniff cards or something oh, like that's that that's right yeah so they you know it's just peculiar things kind of stood out at me um, it was definitely more marketed towards kids right like this is yeah. especially like as 90s kids it was like scratching no pun intended all of those like itches that we were wanting from our toys i guess or, or yeah. you know, video games were so brand new back then that uh it was just really hit all those it, endorphins somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the um the sense of humor um hooked me as well for Earthbound. Um, oh, yeah. and I remember its slogan in the magazine being this game stinks. <laughs> That's so dumb and simple and great at all at the same time. Yeah. That's so good. So uh, I'm like a 10 or 11 year old, so this really like I thought that was funny. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is funny. And it's also dumb. As someone that's older, you can recognize that it's silly. But also, it just works perfect. It's just perfect. It's great. I love it. Um, so, do you, again, do you stick with, like, do you get the 64? or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I remember well, playing um, a, a demo of Super Mario 64 and just being astounded by mm -hmm. the, the 3D controls. Um, yeah, it's nuts. So. I, I, you know, I enjoyed uh, quite a few games on the N64, um, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Goldeneye, you know, it opened up um, multiplayer games with friends. Mm -hmm. um, so all that was really fun. I, I just think so much oh, of the, the things that we were playing, especially with the, with the 64 and how much uh, playing with other people uh really affected the quality of the game like it's so much more fun to play goldeneye or mario kart with your friends than it is by yourself like those games are still enjoyable but the deathmatch stuff that you would do with with goldeneye feels like it was imprinted into my brain yeah uh perfect dark as well oh yeah perfect dark yeah so yeah that took goldeneye to the uh kind of like I don't know how you'd describe it. It just gave it a ton more options. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So did you stick with, with Nintendo as it, as it 
continued on or did did things kind of evolve maybe get a computer or or a playstation or xbox yeah uh i never really played pc games um and i was a mac user for basically my whole life oh okay for whatever reason um in our family we got a macintosh se30 um, which was a black and white all-in-one computer Mm -hmm. um and i would play you know pretty like basic computer games on it Mm -hmm. um but um i'd I'd even enjoy the screensavers uh just like enjoying the different patterns and (laughs) there are even little mini games and 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 screensavers that i would play um did did you in school growing up have Max, because in my school, all that yeah. we had in like our elementary school were, were like Apple twos or something like that. Yeah, I had Apple twos for a bit. And then we had Macintoshes a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the. The um, I uh, IMAX after that. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that played a part in you guys having a Mac at all. Like it's what kind of like what's at school sort of thing. It's po- it's possible, um, but I think maybe my dad was just into n- novel and mm. w- like new sure. um, computing that was coming out. I'm yeah, not totally for sure. sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, did you end up getting like a, a PlayStation, PlayStation Two, or Xbox, or anything like that? No, no PlayStation, no Xbox. Uh, oh. I, I pretty much stuck with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of skipped GameCube for about a year or two. Oh, um, okay. Since I was going into college age, and I mm-hmm. wanted to focus more on school. Mm-hmm. I you, you knew it'd be I, a, a distraction. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, at at some point, I came back, um. And was playing melee, which was very fun. And you know, I realized I really missed video games. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, especially with melee too. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's such um, a good game. So yeah, th- there were probably two points in my life where I set video games aside to focus on school. Um, so yeah, once at the beginning of of undergrad, and once during grad school. So okay. Otherwise, I've always been playing video games. That was like the GameCube and then what, like some of the Wii era stuff? Yeah. yeah. So uh, have you have picked up every console f- that Nintendo's come out with? Do you have like, uh, did you, got, you said you got a GameCube, uh, did you get a Wii and then a Wii U and then a Switch? That is exactly correct. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. A true Nintendo fanboy. I love it because I, I mean, I'm the same, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Was there any divergence? Did you were you playing games with other people though? Like you go to your friend's house and play like some rock band or a little bit. I yeah. um did a um you know I took a turn at playing Katamari. Um, mm, okay. I back in the high school days I'd play um, Halo with friends. Oh um, sure. But yeah, other consoles didn't really um, stick with me. It, it just wasn't uh, a route that I felt like I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. So where did you then find like uh speed running or even Twitch? Did you watch let's plays on YouTube or anything? I did watch let's plays on YouTube, but it didn't really go 
anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I watched Chugga A. Conroy. Um, I watched Sonic and Earthbound. You know, I just wanted to re- relive. Ex- yeah, ex- ex- watch people play video games. I always liked watching people play Earthbound or do attempts uh, when I was younger. Mm. Um, stuff like that. But sure. um, I discovered Twitch in 2014 because of Twitch plays Pokemon. Oh, you, yeah. Yeah. So somehow that came into my attention. Um, and I, I was kind of, you know, obsessed by watching that. Um, <laughs> did you, and, did you play? It was just like chat, right? Like chat could yeah, type. Anything. I don't know. I don't know if I typed anything. I knew it was like, I was hardly contributing anything and I didn't really understand <laughs> sure. the strats involved. Uh, yeah. Like, and it, it was pretty funny at the time I also downloaded the mobile app and the chat in mobile was not connected to, um, mm. the PC version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh-huh. So that was pretty strange. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I mostly just watched on my Mac. Okay. So you watch, you watch that channel. Does that, do you get then recommendations to start watching other stuff? No. In fact, that's another dead end. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, I don't know why, but I never continued watching, uh, people like I, like I, I I, I just said I like people. I just said I would like watching people play video games, but it's not something I um, I pursued so much. Uh-huh. Um, what did come up, however, is um, there's like there's still two other threads that I watch. I would watch um, Games Done Quick every okay. um, half a year, basically sure. from 2015 or so. So I would just watch it, but I didn't. I didn't look into watching speedrunners for some sure. reason um well i think it's a lot of it is because it's all done right there for you right like it feels like oh you just turn it on and you gotta watch a whole bunch of different games and a whole bunch of different uh streamers exactly. and yeah you don't have to look into who anyone is you have interviews on the i don't know it was just easy right it, it was and perhaps what i was looking for maybe was a finished product not mm. like a live attempt sure um, but I don't, i'm not really sure but the uh, you know what got me into Twitch finally was uh, looking into uh, ALTTPR. Okay, so what introduced you to ALTTPR then? There were uh, sort of two things. There was an article in Kotaku online uh, in 2016 that with the headline like "People are doing amazing things with a link to the past," mm. and um, there was. Um, it was just an introduction to randomizer um, mm-hmm. with some um, quotes from super Scudge and other devs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I, I knew about that and was curious about that, but I didn't play it until one of my online friends said he was really enjoying it. Um, and that was in spring 2017. Okay. So I said, I wanted to play. So he kind of directed me to how I can get started downloading rom or whatever i did uh, to start sure. and so was yeah. racing even on your purview like did you even think of it as racing or did you just think like oh this would be a cool way to play link to the past again i didn't know about racing i just exactly the latter i just thought it would be an interesting new way to play mm-hmm. um and so i really enjoyed the first experience um the novelty of randomized items really hooked me uh, yeah, 
And I played for 10 hours, 10, uh, 10 hours, 10 minutes and <laughs> wow. one second, I believe is what that I was did. your first seed. Yeah, it was wow. from the let's see. I just took a note on this history. And so it was from the night of April 8th to April 10th. Oh, geez. <laughs> so that was <laughs> 10, 10 hours, 10 minutes, one second and 44 frames. That's so awesome. So did you stream this or was this just something that you kept out offline, kept record? Yeah, of? just offline. Okay. Wow. I didn't know about streaming at that point. Sure. 10 hours though. That's, <laughs> did you think I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to just do this on my own without any sort of like resources or looking up yeah, any yes. sort of help? Okay. I don't think, I don't think I really looked up anything. I remembered I'd played through link to the past so many times. I kind of remembered everything um, except how to get into King's Tomb with mm. a bonk. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, so, man. I, you know, I was able to complete the seed. Boots were at Bombo's tablet. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed the whole thing. And basically, the friend who introduced me to it um, was, um, you know, introduced me to the idea of racing it, um, cutting down times to two hours. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would kind of exchange times with him. Um, until I got down to, you know, below two hours or so. And, uh, you know, that took about a month. Okay. That's pretty fast. Were you then looking up like resources to do this or again, are you just trying to grind it on your own, trying to figure out? I don't remember how how resources got into it. I remember, um, getting into racing, um, you know, finding people on Twitch, Mm -hmm. um, I use cross products tracker. This is also in the early days, right? So it's not like the resources are as readily available as they are now, right? People were still figuring out rando. Yeah, exactly. At the time. Exactly. Yeah. So you, when do you decide, oh, maybe I'll check out how to race or do a race? I, I think it's through, um, watching Jay Cooper. Oh, okay. I think Jay Cooper was the first person I saw streaming because I Googled randomizer and tried to find videos Mm -hmm. um, and YouTube wasn't where it was at. It was Mm -hmm. people streaming on on Twitch. (laughs) Right. um, Yeah. So I learned about uh, Speedruns Live and the Discords. Um, mm-hmm. I think I may have joined the Speedruns Live Discord first or something okay. like that. Yeah. Or Randomania or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the, the early Discords were, but I sure. eventually joined the main Randomizer Discord and the rest is history. The rest is, yeah. <laughs> and now you're still here all, all yeah. this time later. Um Kind of tell me about your first experiences racing. Did you enjoy it? Were you putting up decent times? Were you familiar with IRC? I was not familiar with IRC, but I had heard of it. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, there was obviously some resistance um, in, involved and I had to find the right Mac program <laughs> right. to make it work. Um, and you're playing and, on Mac emulator as well, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and SNES 9X was developed at that time. Mm-hmm. And that worked out. Yeah, racing. I, I can't. So I think my first race was just a casual race. Um, and I remember 
you know, I think my com- my comment was something about first race, palm sweaty, um, but it was just really enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And sure. I, let's see, what did I get? I, I took seventh out of 15 with a 136.25. Nice. And that was in June. So that was two months after I started. That's impressive. That's really fast. And Miramong took first with a 117.36. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Wow. Yeah, Miramong was one of the early developers. Oh, okay. And maybe was responsible for taking out the text boxes. Oh, okay. That's what I've heard. Okay. Um, so I didn't ask you this about growing up, but were you competitive at all growing up? Did you play sports or do any sort of extra activities that were, were competitive? I, I got involved in various sports, but was not really that interested in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played a little bit of soccer. Um, I played basketball for one day. One day. Okay. Which was yeah. a pretty lousy experience. Yeah, I bet. Um, it just wasn't what I was good at. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I started with T-ball. <laughs> sure, sure. Did you just not have like a competitive itch in you or was it more just like I like doing this stuff for fun and I don't necessarily need to do like an it, organized sport? No, I was. Yeah, I just I, it, I just wasn't that good or interested. Mm-hmm. In sports, um, I had a competitive itch, more like playing games with friends. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, I was just so you didn't find your yeah you found your competitive itch by beating your friends in Mario Kart sixty four and Smash, right? Yeah, for sure. I get Mm -hmm. that. Games of pure skill. I mean, yeah, there is a lot of skill in it. It might not be all one hundred percent skill, but neither are sports, right? Uh, it takes a lot of luck there too. Um, so when you found racing and you start exactly. doing these like races, are you able to then, is it sort of like, Oh, this is, this is what I've been looking for. I'm not totally sure why it was so addicting, but I would play one to two seeds per day. Mm-hmm. And the competitive aspect was just part of the, uh, secret sauce, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. combine that with, a different experience every time yeah yeah and it's like and the puzzle aspect too because i think as zelda fans there has to you have to have at least enjoy puzzles if you're a zelda fan i would think uh and randomizer is a great example of Mm -hmm. that because it's all all new every time so yeah trying to figure it out yeah and listening to this podcast it's really interesting to hear the different things that people enjoy about racing um and some really enjoy um focusing on the logic mm-hmm. and i'm less inclined to uh follow the logic of a seed i'm i don't know why but it i, I don't know how to like define it it's just that we have different things that really keep us going sure um and yeah for, it, for me it's it's like it's the novelty it's doing new things it's learning about the game mhm I get that. I think I'm more along the lines of you than the people that follow are like, they'll pull out the the logic uh, and they'll try to solve it in a way that's like most efficient. Like I, I just can't do that. Yeah. I'm not trying to, to, I'm not trying to parse like the logs and trying to like figure out like logically, this is like the best. And I I don't know. I just like to kind of go by my gut. Of course, it costs me a lot of race, but that's kind of my my method, I would say. Me too. 
yeah <laughs> i don't know it's just the, we're different right like it feels like there's that's what makes the game great is it hits all those different notes for everyone in the way that they need those notes hit yeah exactly and the notion that it's randomized gives beginners you know a chance like they can win races if if uh if, if they falls want the to right race place. and yep. mm-hmm. yeah totally and they want to win they'll eventually win mm-hmm so again, early on, this is 2017. The racing scene is, is still really new. Um, are you joining any of those early tournaments or are you just doing the pickup races? And are you enjoying those pickup races? Because those are like the days of the, you're not doing a lot of one-on-one. The one-on-one was just mostly tournament stuff. Right. Not a lot of one-on-ones, but yes, races were big at the beginning. Um, I got into the entrance shuffle tournament in mm, summer 2017 okay. and then the, uh, main tournament, I think in fall mm-hmm. and, uh, key sanity after that in 2018. Um, and you joined all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Were you not nervous about doing like entrance stuff? It feels like, again, this is from what I know of you now nope. is like you enjoy, the more difficult or glitchier stuff or things that are going to push you a little bit more. Is that fair to say? Right. And entrance shuffle just, I, I just found that so cool. Just item randomizer to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, It just seemed like the main game to me. Um, And so (laughs) it was just a few days after I started racing on SRL that I, I got into entrance shuffle. Um, I remember thinking about this, that's a, a couple of years back. And I thought that I had started with entrance as like my intro. To oh, SRL, but right. I don't think it was, it was quite that soon. It was like okay. a difference of five days or something. Okay. So it was, it was pretty quickly. Cause uh, it, it, you know, cross keys is one of the main modes that people play nowadays, but when cross keys was introduced and even before that, just entrance shuffle in, in general, there was a real, I don't know if hesitance, but there was people that were, afraid to go that deep into the game right like it, right how confusing it is um and there was people like you and act the boker and other people that were like, like no let's bring it on yeah exactly and racing it was my only option basically because i didn't really <laughs> want to go through learning how to install the app on my mm. computer it was a standalone app at that time oh it was it wasn't part of the the main build okay right Oh, wow. That's super interesting. I didn't I didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't remember when it was integrated into the website, but it felt like a while. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Uh, how about tournament performances? Did you enjoy doing the tournaments and did you perform all right? Yeah, I did. OK. And I think my first tourney race was against Korek. <laughs> oh, OK. And of course, Korek uh, turned out to be an excellent you know, champion of, of entrance. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, but we were both beginners at the time. Sure. Uh, so I would win, you know, here and there. I don't remember if I won any in the entrance tournament, but yeah, even in the first glitch tournament, I didn't get past the first round, which was oh, okay. versus for So there was an overworld glitches tournament in 2018. And I was, yeah, I was crushed. <laughs> um so speaking of glitches i mean i i feel like your name is very associated with 
with glitched running uh, in Rando. Do you feel like you're associated with glitches? Yeah, definitely. 100%. And uh, yeah, uh, glitched runs of A Link to the Past definitely caught my attention. And I remember there were probably three exhibition races in 2017 uh, that stood out, um, starting with Christos versus Andy, Mm -hmm. um, which was just called, the logic was just glitched. (laughs) There was simply um, a major glitches logic that expected you to do overworld glitches and use use a horror's bottle adventure to um, use a fake flute um, and you know, go without moon pearl. And yeah, that, wow. that stuff was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. What was it about, again, the, the fact that the game kept progressing in difficulty, I guess, between like, oh, it's ran, all the items are randomized. Now all the entrances are randomized. Now we can do glitches. What was it about all of that, that sort of intrigued you? Cause I think you even do like you do door random too as well now, right? Yes. I'm not very good at door random, but <laughs> okay. I feel like, again, it's it's the uh, um, sort of epitome of of what randomizer can can do. So you just um, like pushing it, right? Like you like yeah. pushing, pushing what you can do or what what the game can do and seeing how far it can go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, glitches are, you know, they're interesting because it's it's breaking the game. It's sequence breaking. Um, it's you know weird and unusual tech um, mm-hmm. but also it can be very accessible since a lot of it is repeating patterns over again mm-hmm. a lot of it is just holding b and mashing direction and a <laughs> sure until you, you you get the lineups um mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's like an interesting it, some of it is like an extension of minor glitches you know, mm-hmm. using uh, spin speed or hook speed to simply get into a state where you can clip. It's yeah. So it, I found it pretty accessible and just fun. Have you seen the gr- the growth then in the community? Because it feels like, again, with your name being associated with it, people I would guess would come to you with. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say about um, large races at the beginning. Um, some of my first year races were 1v1s um, because I would race overworld glitches with just JC uh, who would call for races. Okay. Um, And basically I would, uh, I would call for races almost every night for like five years or something. So um, (laughs) a lot of them were (laughs) 1v1s. Because there wasn't a lot of people racing that mode. Right. Um, But you know, today, like last night, someone pinged and we got a, a good race of six people or so. Yeah. Um, and we have a glitch tournament with more racers than any other glitched tournament. Um, we, we have probably 47 or so for the oh, upcoming wow. hybrid major glitches tournament. So how, what has caused it to evolve? What has gotten people to get into uh, HMG is what, what the current, which the current tournament is, right? Yeah, that is. Um, I, I think, first of all, in 2017, um, the um, release of Overworld Glitches um, made 
the glitch mid is more accessible. Um, mm. And that's that's in contrast to the glitch mode before where moon pearl was wild you needed mm. to use fake flutes and um it expected uh certain underworld clips uh that um that may have made it a little bit less accessible um but <laughs> yeah a lot of people sure. start with overworld glitches um mm-hmm. and then you know um learning MG and HMG is sort of a next level, but it's not too much. It's essentially four clips in the underworld. Okay. Did you find that people were coming to you to get help as far as learning all this stuff? And were you helping them? I feel like, I feel like you've probably been one of the, the main people. I think like Malmo is another one of people to go to to learn how to do this stuff. Yeah, she definitely is. And I would say the uh, glitch talk channels um, were just the place to go to. I would ask questions. Um, I would answer questions. I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I I don't exactly know. I like yeah. creating you know little clips and tutorials sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm not a great um, organizer of information. Mm. Um, but I, you have a lot of yeah. it. It feels like you know a lot of it and are able to like communicate it pretty well, right? Yeah, I really like to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, I've I've done a, a tutorial for all bosses no eg. Um, I remember I had world record at the time, and uh, this is a speed run, by the way. <laughs> oh sure. Um, and uh, you know, Fox List came along, Doom Tap. They beat the record. And, you know, then the route completely changed. But, you know, so I had like a tutorial. The tutorial is kind of out of date, but it still had some, you know, techniques that would help people. So, yeah, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Sure. So where does speedrunning come along while you're doing these pickup races? Is it I should try to get better at the game or? Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit. And I, it's always kind of funny when I hear that today, like people learning NMG and vanilla preset uh, for the purpose of getting better at rando. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. I, it's like it kind of makes me laugh a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. totally OK um, because I was like that as well. Um, and that just is where people's interest is. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have different interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, l- like I learned NMG strats from Andy's any percent. Mm-mm. no oh, save yeah. and quit mm-hmm. tutorial yeah um that it's was like seven hours yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and i learned to uh really get better at randomizer races mm-hmm. um so eventually i would get into uh nmg speed runs and okay. i would i watched a tutorial by runner watcher mm-hmm. um God, that's a name and, i haven't heard in a long time yeah, yeah. Oh, and of course, I started with the Fruit Bats tutorial. Oh, which is sure. A, a fairly concise way of getting into the speedrun from, from, yeah, a, be- a beginner standpoint. Sure, for sure. It's how we introduce the speedrun to a lot of newcomers. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Did you find a community of, of like friends when you, when you joined and started racing, or was that kind of like not even your goal? I, I did. Uh, it wasn't really a goal, but. You know, I became fast friends with people like I Basley, Ben Teasy, Act the Boker, 
Mm. Um, and, the bad boys of Rando. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. that's what I um, think of Chex Human is one of the bad boys of Rando. I feel like that's... Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> I feel like, like right. uh, and I and I and I say that in jest, but like you know, Ack has definitely has some of it of what of a reputation. Ben Teasy hasn't. I know he played a little bit recently, uh, mm-hmm. but has kind of been on and off. Uh, oh, yeah. Long time uh, link to the past runner, a really good one as well. Yeah, and thanks to Ben, I I filled in for someone in a, a recent league season and uh, joined a race. Didn't win. Oh, but really? You joined was, the league? Yeah. For one race. Oh, and, I didn't know that. And then the team was out. <laughs> okay. That was for But We're Buddies? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's interesting. So and I was in a league season prior to that as well. That was with Grime uh, and Kyung. Okay. That was like their last season too, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure because they... Komodo Hypers, I believe, was the name of the team. Yeah, that's right. And before that, they were kind of rando retired. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I and, think you replaced Super New Taylor, maybe? Is that... Yes. Okay. And um, yeah, so yeah, so after that season, we were actually rando retired. Actually rando retired, yeah, because they, they haven't played since. You played one game. So, so you did you have any interest of joining the league when it was started? Yeah, I definitely was curious about the first season. I don't remember um, if I seriously thought about it, but I also didn't really want to join up on a team mm-hmm. um, just in terms of getting people organized or anything like, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but being invited to uh, a team later uh, was pretty cool. I don't remember which season it was, but I think probably it was three or four. So. Yeah, I think four. it was season three or four. It was one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But no desire to, to seek out a team either in between or since right um and that's most and that's nothing against um playing on teams playing on teams is really fun it's just that my interest in no glitches logic waned uh after you know 2019 or so oh okay so i was really more focused in glitched randomizer uh after after probably the 2018 fall tournament why Um, was that it was just because did you find just open and standard kind of boring compared to what you could do with with the glitches stuff yeah i think so um just my interest uh just moved on basically Mm -hmm. and i just knew i wasn't as good as um the the highest tier of runners so Mm -hmm. i i could kind of like engage more and be competitive at with glitched modes. I see. I see. And it feels like since maybe 2019 to 2020, your the the glitch community has been consistently, maybe slowly, but consistently growing. I know there was like a mentor right, tournament. Right. Did you participate in helping with the mentor tournament at all? I maybe mentored one race okay. um, in, the, in the beginning um, and maybe a, a handful um in the in the recent um mentor tourney um it's not really something i'm very involved with Mm -hmm. um but i think those mentor attorneys and shout outs to malmo really helped engage people and and grow the community it's such a good way of bringing people into 
something that can seem intimidating because I feel like for me, glitches have always just felt intimidating and the mentor tournament feels like a way to really sidestep that and get people kind of over the hump. Yeah, that's right. And it's, you know, glitch modes are just not for everybody. So, you know, it's just going to be a smaller community. Mm-hmm. But I, I but when I heard that there were 48 people in, in HMG, I was I was shocked that it wasn't, you know, a 10 percent of the item randomizer hermit. It was actually more of a, you know, a 20 to 30. <laughs> sure. No, I think that but that's excellent numbers. That's mm-hmm. really cool compared to like, you know, if you get 300 for the main tournament that come out and you get uh, almost 50 for the for the HMG, that's pretty good numbers. Yeah, over 10%. Yeah. (laughs) It's what makes me think it's a big growing community. I mean, that's good. And the game is a 35-year-old game, right? Like, it's not like we're going to see an influx of of new players consistently Mm -hmm. because the game is is what it is. But we are still seeing new people and more people are getting into it. So it's still pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So um, it's great to see. Yeah, for sure. Did you, were you part of the council at all yeah that's right i was in for the first two sessions okay so tell me about your time in the council um why did you want to join and and what did you think of those wild first two sessions yeah i was interested in categorizing glitches Mm. um and i wasn't going to join the council Uh, i think the announcement was put out um but then i went to SGDQ in 2019 and met Sinak and he thought it would be a good idea to join. So mm. um, I put in an application and 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 got in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty grateful for that experience. Of course, it was stressful. Mm-hmm. What, um, what did you think of it? Like, I mean, that was a, a lot happened in those first two terms. I think we had to deal with like Mimic Clip. We had to deal with cheaters. We had to deal with just trying to figure out what, what it is we even were doing at the time. Like, why are we here? So I was, like I said, very interested in helping with the glitched side of things, um, providing feedback, you know, just giving info about glitches. Mm-hmm. Um, I was less interested in investigating cheating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just listening to the podcast has you know helped me understand people get into that for a variety of reasons <laughs> sure yeah. when, when matt said he got into it because he wanted to catch cheaters i thought that was hilarious <laughs> yeah so that is that wasn't really me though um uh-huh. i i was um i just felt like i wasn't that good at that part of it mm-hmm. um but i did take it really seriously um because i would get a little emotional when someone would cheat it just felt like it needed correction you know sure i feel i mean i feel like you and i are aligned on a lot of things uh i you know the cheating thing i don't i'm not good at seeing what a cheater is doing or how a cheater thinks Mm -hmm. and so i can't kind of get into the mind and like break it down and figure out like oh i i see that they're cheating here or whatnot i rely on smarter better people to do that but it when we find out that they're cheating it like burns me to my core because i just hate you know what i mean yeah it's all such a nobody's gaining anything out of cheating you're it's so much more to lose you know what i mean like winning a race doesn't really actually get you anything it's just oh you're just ruining other people's fun yes exactly exactly but categorizing glitches i think was kind of 
what I wanted to do as well. And I think I learned a lot because I was still fairly new on those first, those first couple of terms, but like uh, you and Taj were really helpful in kind of explaining like what is going on and how we should categorize stuff and uh, all that went into it. And I feel that I started to take a stance where I I really wanted more glitches in competitive racing. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I defended mimic clipping and Harapot and, um, you know, argued in favor of, of allowing. Um, and, uh, you know, those were, you, you know, a little stressful to, to, to have those discussions, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, fairly rewarding to, to get all my thoughts out in writing and just mm-hmm. see if people agreed. Um, so yeah, that's basically what we had to do at first. Were you and glad to be done? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2020 was really difficult because thanks to Yuzuhara, we had Diver Down and Icebreaker mm. to get into. Yeah. Um, even, even stair launch, even stair launch or stair extension, uh, or Palace of Darkness clip, however you want to put it. Which one um, is that? Is that where you lay the Samaria block down and then just immediately walk up the stairs? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I was on board with these things and um, it was sort of a, you know, I had two minds about it because I wasn't really sure about the decisions as they would affect uh, the NMG speed run mm. and uh, kind of I couldn't decide in the end. <laughs> oh, really? Vote. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But there, there were already so many votes that, you know, because that was a big community vote. Um, well, it was a limited community vote to, to get the um, decision made in the speedrun community. Mm-hmm. But um, it felt like a lot of people were involved and my vote wasn't really necessary. Sure. Um, were but, you on the council when yeah. that was voted on? In, in yeah, Randa? exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I think, who was it? I think it was Gary Olive who talked about this on the podcast, but he was watching the, the reactions during the election. Um, And I remember Diver Down being behind. So there were like more no votes than Mm -hmm. yes votes, but there was some sort of like rally for Diver (laughs) Down at the end and it eventually got more yes votes. Wow. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to vote to where you get to see the, like the votes. And then like, if you're yeah. unsure, you can kind of react later. It almost feels like that's a, kind of a backwards way to do it, but yeah, it doesn't sure. matter because the council's dead. <laughs> so, <who> yeah. <laughs> Were yeah. you surprised they didn't allow Specky clip? Yes. Because of a couple of different reasons. I was both surprised for some reasons and not surprised for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was surprised because it was the same tech that was already allowed mm-hmm. um, and compare that to icebreaker and diver down, which were allowed as new techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, however, uh, from the very beginning, I was under the impression that the council was, was meant to really check um, new applications and, and determine whether they would be good for rando. And, uh, you know, and for the reasons that Boyne posted, um, it made, you know, his vote made sense to say no to it um, mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, from the perspective of 
certain reasons, like it entirely skips an item. There's no punishment to the glitch attempt. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, stuff like that are reasons that I understood on on that side of Mm -hmm. things. Um, I would have voted. I would have probably voted to allow it. Sure. That's not surprising, though. Like knowing your position on most stuff, right? Like you're you're an overworld glitch runner for the most part. You're for glitches. I honestly, I feel like I kind of am in between. I don't play glitch modes, but it feels like in a line with what everything else has been allowed, right? Like it feels like Mm -hmm. Pamriam or all the other stuff. So why wouldn't this be allowed? But yeah, there's not much of of an effect on glitch modes, especially with the HMG tournament. One of the principles of of the restricted major glitches rule set is you can clip indoors pretty much however you like mm-hmm. um, without the use of misslotting or door glitches or stuff like that. But sure. just clipping through a rail is fair game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a potential effect on overworld glitches, which is essentially NMG in the underworld. So there would be some sort of following of council rules. Um, in the underworld when playing in overworld glitches mm-hmm. seed. Where do you think, I mean, speaking of the council, it's dead now where, you know, the fall just happened <laughs> a couple of days ago. Where do you think racing goes from here? I'm not totally sure. Uh, first of all, I have to say the Tark abbreviation is pretty funny for, um, for how, exp- how uh, reduced the abbreviation is because <laughs> T-A-R-C itself is it really should be fully expanded to t t l o z a l t t p r r c yeah yeah because we're just the first they're just putting t's. link to the past randomizer into one letter yeah exactly with yeah. the two t's being the the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so it looks like um things won't well you know what i have no idea yeah <laughs> That's but, the thing is uh, we have no idea what, where it, what it's going to be. Like we don't even know Tark. We mm-hmm. don't even know what Tark is. We don't know what Tark is going to be. Yeah. It's, and from what I have heard from council members, some sessions had little activity. <laughs> so sure. maybe, you know, maybe there won't be too many glitches to evaluate. Maybe there will be more or less uh, cheating investigations. Um mm-hmm. I think those things were handled by the council and they will still continue to be handled by a council. Yeah. Um, and, and now it makes sense that if a council can um, bring on new members, they can also choose to let go of certain members. Sure. So that sort of power within itself makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel about Rando for you overall? Are you enjoying still playing since, I mean, it's since 2017, gosh, we're six years in now. Do you still enjoy playing Rando? Do you still enjoy the racing? Yes. Um, and I, I, so yeah. <laughs> short answer. Yes. Short, short answer. Yes. And longer answer. I am focusing on speed running um, mm. as I've been doing for several years um Mm -hmm. and i still have a lot of goals of a lot of categories i'd like to run so um i try to limit rando racing and you know i i really achieved my goal last year i was able to win the no logic tournament so that was um you know a good feeling yeah for sure 
from here on, you know, I don't care if I win or lose. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, so you, that way. you feel like you're, you're doing more speed running. What are some of the goals in speed running and what, I guess I take it you're running more just different categories of, of Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah. So in, in 2020, glitched, glitch categories were not especially optimized because hook pushing came out in 2019. Mm. Um, so I kind of stormed through a lot of categories. Um, swordless, RBO, uh, all bosses, all dungeons, major glitches, and even 100% RMG. Um, and was able to claim those world records. Um, wow. And, and since then, they've all been claimed by others. Hoda Ruby <laughs> made a humongous run through all the major glitches categories, except any percent uh, last year, I believe. Mm. Um, maybe 2021. Um, but um, yeah, the, the categories are constantly changing uh, with um lots of optimizations is there um, new tech also being discovered like consistently it hasn't been consistent recently okay. um since misslotting was really the biggest thing in 2019 and it's what just, is mis i'm not it, okay. sure Mislotting is um where you use ancilla glitches to put uh and, and ancilla are the things that link makes um from boomerang to dust mm-hmm. from dashing. Okay. Um, and it's where you put those in the back slots where they don't normally belong. Okay. Like, this is the, these are the slots where um, sparkles go. Okay. And, and, and even further beyond that, the game does strange things when Ancilla are in these slots. Okay. In other words, the, they are normally in slots zero through four. Okay. Um, and misslotting that is allowed put, uh, allows them to go into slots five through nine. Okay. So is when it- that happens, like for example, if there is a Samaria block in slot nine, you can manipulate the duration and direction of the hook shot. And oh. so the hook is shot that hook pushing. Is it, this yeah? That? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So so it's essentially you use a hook shot on a hookable object, and it pushes link in a direction that you define Mm, okay gosh it's crazy how many things that can be done with this this 35 year old game yeah um so okay because i don't ever get technical i don't know the technical stuff i just know like you can shoot three arrows and put two bombs down and somehow fake flipper into into the water is that have something to do with in solo then yeah that's right it's not miss slotting but it is using the front slots to um, fill them, fill those, fill those slots up, and prevent a splash from. I see uh, going okay. into them. Okay, okay. And the splash is what tells the game. Oh, maybe we should check for flippers. <laughs> okay, and so if you're there's just, no splash, then it allows Link to swim. You're just tricking it. I see. Yes. Are you part of the people that look for for glitches? I'm less of a glitch hunter. I I look for applications here and there. Okay. But some people are very good at this, and it's pretty uh, amazing when when it happens. Um, it's all a community effort, you know. Sure. Little little change here, little change there, and little discoveries are made. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, like Miss Slotting, for example, was um, developed developed by Yuzuhara and Pinkus, 
um, Taj Show really developed uh, door glitches, like mm. indoor YBAs, um, along with Glan and Samurai Pran. Um, and back in those days, that's when Major Glitch's randomizer was really interesting and uh, sort of no logic uh, really put use of these door glitches. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was it's kind so, of the beginning for me. Yeah. So it feels like even within the last few years, things have just changed pretty consistently. It felt like the, the yes. miss slotting feels like it was such a huge moment then for, for the glitch community. It, yeah, exactly. But it didn't, it was a kind of a slow moment <laughs> in a way. Sure. Um, in, in, in other words, we didn't integrate a lot of applications in racing until 2021, 2022, um, especially with the um, Glitch League that came out. I was still kind of new to using a, a stuck hook hook push or a stuck push. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember Foxless kind of helping me understand how to use it. And a lot of people found that stuck pushing was really the way to go. No need for True. a Samaria block. So that's the thing, right? So someone finds a glitch or a way to glitch stuff then you have to figure out how do I apply this, right? Yes, like it's, exactly. it's not just like, oh, here's a glitch and whatever. It's like, oh, how now where, where does this go? How do we break the game even further with this? Yeah, yeah. So it's really fun to follow along with these things um, and just apply it in racing. And so sure. that kind of keeps me coming back to racing. Okay. Are you doing any other speed runs outside of Link to the Past? Not really. Um, I did... Uh, a little bit of Super Metroid, and that is about it. I did a little bit of Zelda 1. Mm -hmm. um, I joined a multi-category Zelda 1 tournament in, <laughs> okay. I don't know, 2020 or so, uh -huh. and um, lost. In fact, couldn't really complete <laughs> runs at that <laughs> sure. point. I, I still need to complete a Swordless Z1 run. It's hard. That game is hard. It is hard. Yeah. The combat is so difficult. It is so difficult because the, the way, you know, the sword only goes one direction, whereas in Link yeah. to the Past, it swipes. So it, it just makes combat so hard. And so much of that game is combat. So it's pretty tough. The movement's really tough as well with like some lining a lot of the pixels and it's just a whole area of one color. So I need to determine where the pixels start and end. Oh, that's, I tried to play it and it was fun, but it was hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was a little bit more um, resistant to, to uh, trying out the randomizer because it was, it was tricky for me to learn all the locations mm. and I never really did. Sure. Um, but yeah, the rando is fun as well. Have you submitted any, any runs to, to, uh, to GDQ at all? Like any, uh, I have not. Or anything? Okay. Um, I might like to, but I have not yet. Um, and occasionally I do online marathon runs uh, mm -hmm. and those are a bunch of fun. It's always a lot of pressure, but I do enjoy yeah. it. Sure. Uh, I know that you've been playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom as well. I've seen that on, on your stream quite a bit lately. How are you enjoying Tears of the Kingdom? And did you play Breath of the Wild as well? I'm enjoying it so much. I have to play it every day, basically. <laughs> sure. Um, especially at the rate that I play it, which is I am very um, slow and like okay. to explore. Sure. And I did play, I did play Breath of the Wild and okay. did most of that in 2018 or so. How would you compare the two? Well, there's just so much to do. 
um, and all the stuff that there is to do um, is very enjoyable. Um, and I was a little surprised by the alter hand concept. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. And I, I, I remember hearing in your last interview, was it Ninjembro who said yeah. it just wasn't for him? Yeah. That aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can totally understand that yeah. uh, because you have to, uh, n- you know, know how things will move in three directions and, you know, it's tough. It, it, it involves a different kind of visualization and, a, you know, a lot of button pushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's so, it's so cool. It's very you can, cool. You just manipulate things and, and find your own solutions. Sure. I spent so much time watching memes and YouTube videos and Instagram clips of just the craziest stuff that people can make uh, with, with Ultra Hand and, and the way that they're breaking the game because it's bananas and fun yeah. at the same time. Definitely. <laughs> All right. We're going to get to the tilt question, um, which is I'm, I'm very curious because the one thing I've observed from you over the years, checks is how you're just a very even keel. You're very, it doesn't feel like there's a lot that like uh, weighs on you, at least publicly. So I, I'm really curious to know how you handle tilt, whether it's in the middle of a seat or after a race. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it takes some effort to remain calm. Um, but I do my best. Um, I can't say too much more than anyone else has said. And it, when I heard things from others like Andy on your show, I believe made an analogy to basketball where mm-hmm. if you make a mistake, you just have to focus on the next play. Yeah. Um, and I found that a fairly helpful recently. Mm-hmm. Um, just focus on, on what you're doing next. Do you get tilted while you're racing or doing runs? Yeah, sure. Sure. And it leads to mistakes. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, if my opponent finishes first and I don't want to finish, then I'll quit, you know? Sure. Um, usually I like to, to finish races. Um, and you know, I regret somewhat quitting one race recently where I was in Gannon's tower. I should have just finished and see how (laughs) things went in the end, but you know, there's no reason to continue if you, if you're not having fun. Yeah. Um, but other, other things that have helped me like after the race, um, I really appreciate what others have said about just being happy for your opponent. If you can just think about their perspective, maybe it's a big win for them. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the other thing to keep in mind is it's just a game. (laughs) Yeah. And one thing that I try to do is I, I try to focus on that, that novel experience I had from first playing randomizer. Like it's, very interesting to find something in a place that it's not supposed to be in. Totally. And and, and why why not just uh, see if I can um, recall that joy uh, from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Because the game it, that hooked me is one that was just for fun. Sure. And I love it. I love your perspective and I love hearing your story as well. I was super excited to talk to you because Again, I feel like we haven't had a lot of interactions. You know, I feel like we've passed by and we've been in some of the same circles, but we haven't had a ton of interaction. 
But there's one thing that I know, and that's no one has a bad thing to say about checks. <laughs> you are one of the good people in the community that just, I, I feel like, breathe positivity. And I, especially in times like we are in right now, we, we need people like you and, and, uh, super glad that one we got to hear your story and i got to know you a little bit better and uh, that you're still around and uh bringing that positivity to to us all man i really appreciate it yeah thank you yeah i really appreciate the kind words and yeah a lot of fun to do the podcast Big shout out to Chex for coming on the show. Really appreciate just him coming on and, and sharing his story and, and giving me an opportunity to get to know him. That's really one of my favorite things about the show is getting to know the people that uh, I haven't had a lot of interactions with. And I've been having a blast. Like the show's been coming out a lot and we've been doing a lot of bonus stuff. Speaking of, there's still time to vote on the draft episode. You have until this Sunday. Last I checked, it was tied. So make sure you're voting. If you haven't listened to the draft episode, it was a lot of fun. I think we're going to do something like that again. The response has been pretty good. So make sure you check that out. Tomorrow, again, if you're listening to this on Monday, tomorrow I'm going to have the admin application episode. So I got as many as I could from those admin application forms to come on the show and talk for just a couple of minutes. It's not even me interviewing them. It's just giving them a platform to share their views, their take, and what they think Tark should be and how they'd uh, do as an admin. So give that a listen. And then I think voting is going to start Tuesday or Wednesday. Again, vote for me. Don't vote for me. I'm cool either way. Next week on the show, going to have someone that I talked about a lot, and that's Telethar. Telethar is one of those people that have risen quickly due to his race results. You know, won the league last year. And, I, you know, I've mentioned a lot of the show, so I, I had to get him on and we had a really fun conversation. So come back next week for that. Talk a lot of like theory crafting and stuff. It's really good. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you could leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, it really helps us out. Just helps us spread the word. Show's growing. I'm having a blast doing it. Next week was going to be the last episode of season four. And then we're going to just jump right into season five. I scrapped those ideas. We're just going to keep season four going. I've got nine more people to talk to to close out season four. Then there'll be a little bit of a break. So come October, I think there'll be a little bit of a break between season four and season five. I'm just having too much fun. I'm really enjoying where I'm at in the community. The fact that I can play the game a little bit. The fact that I'm getting to talk to everyone has been really cool. And I'm excited for this Tark stuff. I think it's it's really interesting. And again, last half full. We're going positivity. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, tomorrow, admin episode. Next Monday, Telethar. Really appreciate you listening. See you then. Thank you.